I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you feeling a bit animated? Well, come on over to the Wicked Anime Podcast on the Nerdy Show Network, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to animation, Japanese culture, and all things anime. With a true industry perspective, we're always diving deeper than school uniforms and tentacle monsters. Join us on the Wicked Anime Podcast, nerdyshow.com slash wicked anime. It's Wicked A! The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. All right, let's do, you guys want to do the show? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this shit. All right, everybody, welcome to RPG from Scratch, design episode number five. I am Josh, your host, as always, and with me today are all of the homebrew hombres. I got Max Wessel. Coming at you. Liam Malone. Like an attack. And a very special hombre, Doug Banks. Like a ray? I just want to thank all of our listeners, man. It's been an incredible month, especially following our playtest. Like, you guys are absolutely unbelievable. And our Patreon subscribers, thank you. An extra thank you. <laughs> but uh, those of you who don't know, our Patreon's open. It's patreon.com slash RPGFS. And we record a lot of stuff that just doesn't make it to air because we like to talk. Speak for yourself. If you're at the $1 tier, you get all of it. If you're not a patron, you can still comment on Patreon.com. We love to hear from you. If you guys are playing the game alongside us, we want to know what your experience is like. Because the more input, the happier we are. We got a lot of stuff to go over. We've had two playtests, neither of which the Duggernaut has listened to. No. So, no. Doug, I, 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 at this point, I almost think it's a good thing that I haven't listened to it. It might be. Like, or it might be I'm, really I'm, terrible. I disagree. <laughs> no, I'm, I disagree. I'm the control aspect. You guys are the experiment. That's yeah. how, you know, Max mm, is not. Mm. That's like, variables, motherfuckers. Right. So, so, like, you come back with the problem, and you're like, Doug, why didn't this work? I'm like, well, I didn't hear it, so tell me what the problem is, and then we figure it out. I like it. Mm, that's good. When you put it that way, it doesn't sound like an excuse for laziness. Yeah. yeah. So that's really good. <laughs> or missing out on legitimate fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun making them. I, I will say, it's a lot of work. Like, I man, it is overwhelming how much work it is to not only make the game and the materials. Then and to the, run the game. And, and the campaign. It. Well, it's not like I'm running a game that's pre-made. Like, I have yeah. to make up every person and interaction ahead of time the patrons will help with that at the ten dollar tier so by the way we have a few of those and i think i'll start introducing the next game yay when we die speak for yourself well first episode we almost died yeah second episode came Uh, no 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 no. really close you almost died i was fine (laughs) that's something we're going to get into before you guys play again please have a secondary character concept because Character death is something that, for playtests, we do want to know about. Yeah. If your character dies... Oh, I got one set up already. I don't want them to think that that's an excuse to not become really invested in their character. I think it's better that if their character dies, it just... It's bad and it hurts. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt. That's great. Like, that's really good. If Kelton dies, it's going to be a sad day. Everybody's going to grieve except for everybody who's not Kelton. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's funny about grief. I don't know if you knew this, but it comes from an old guff word. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm playing a character instead of a character sheet, which is nice. Yeah. For me as an RPG, because most of the time you're just looking at your sheet to do what to do, but I'm playing my character. Yeah, you have catchphrases yeah. now. Do you feel that that is an emergent property of the system, or it's I more do? me like driving it home at no, every I think opportunity? It's, I definitely do think it's the system because the momentum, everything is being that character. Every as long as you're that character, everything can only get better. Well, how much of it do you think, though, is, hey, try to do an accent, and then you're like, what would this guy sound like? And then you feel like you have to... Yeah, that was that like, part yeah, of the brain. Totally, but no one's ever said that before either. Also, he doesn't do an accent. Yeah. So we made some changes that you guys are aware about if you listen to the playtest, but charisma has been changed to composure, which we argued about in the last design episode, but it is coming across better in all aspects of the description of how that attribute functions. Also... Liam brought up that tanks aren't really sticky enough to encourage enemies to hit them. And looking over the abilities, he's right. So we're going to change both at-will attacks for Citadel so that at the core, you still get the what we called warding strike, which occupied an adjacent square, but we're changing that instead of unstoppable force, it's immovable object. You occupy an adjacent square. All right. People can't move through it, period, the end. At step one which if you want to dip into Citadel from another path, you get Harrying Strike until the end of your next turn. If the enemy disengages or attacks an ally, they invoke an attack of opportunity from you. Which, Josh, if they're willing to sacrifice... Josh, that's badass. That's amazing. It's, okay. Because that, enjoying it. the reason why I think it's so great is every path has a rule or a situation that it breaks. Disengagement is something that you always have in your pocket. Now it's not something you always have in your pocket. You have to be aware of it, and it can't be something you can just automatically do. Only if the Citadel commits to doing that. Yes. Okay. Still great, though. Both both of those together just sounds just like, get over here! Just like, yeah. that's like, like you're on me now. Yeah, you become a fortress. Aggro is tough, and 4th edition is the only tabletop RPG I've ever played that tries to deal with Makes that. Makes any sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. They had a version of it where it was, uh, the enemy is challenged, and if they make an attack that doesn't include you, they get a negative two to the attack roll. It's like, well, I mean, dude, a late game, so what? It doesn't matter. The negative so two isn't, isn't big enough. Cones, so what? Any area affect things, so what? Yeah. There's so, a lot so of if, things to break it. So now it's if they attack an ally. So even if it includes you, if they include yeah. an ally in their next attack, You're you like, get to make fuck it you. Yeah, an opportunity attack. It's not going to cancel what they're doing, no. but they'll, they get punished. That, which makes sense. That wasn't my wolf-pulling ability, was it? No, you still have that. No, that's a guff uh, racial. Hell yeah. So we don't have anybody playing Zealotry right now. No. And the more we play with it, with the combo setup that it does, the more I'm like, ooh, man, the people who are clever are going to get a lot out of Zealotry. The two paths for really clever people are Zealotry and Command. That's why Kelton went core Command. Yeah. He's so quite I'd, intelligent. I want to give them a, an ability at step two. It's a daily. I don't know if I want it to be their daily attack or a move or a swift action it should happen in melee where they touch an ally and restore them to full health all right this is a daily so they restore that ally to full health that ally shares whatever aspect they have until the end of the scene oh which sounds like a lot but it's more like oh the choice it gives you that's the thing and also that can run a scene but that can't run your whole campaign that provides a lot of choice where you can be in a scene and go like, oh, well, this is going to be very taxing on our tank, or this is going to be very taxing on some of the damage dealers just based on how it's set up. And they're like, well, let's fix that problem. That could be great. <laughs> what would we call that? I also like, because you can be like, 
I would heal you, but I don't want your powers. Borrowed faith. So I'm going borrowed. to. Can you explain that, Max? I think. I just feel like I'm just thinking as a player. Like if there's two if people, two people about need to, die. to be healed, and you're like, I know you really need to be healed, but I want to do that. So you grab the other person. That's true. Yeah. It's party politics, and I like. I think that'll be cool. And also, their aspects are not overpowering. They're just very useful. Yeah. Man, what would be more common to share with somebody than aspect of speed? Aspect of fear? Maybe. Or hope? I don't know. Hope could be good. Yeah. Hope could be real good. So what would you call that? Like a shared... You're giving them their life back and your ability. Connected fate. Something exchange? Or like, is there like a shared blessing where you're like... You're almost like deputizing them. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) In a weird way. Bestowed divinity. So like mirrored... Granted wrath. What is it called when you're like manager for a day? Isn't there not even supposed to be here today? <laughs> I'm not even, no, supposed, not to even supposed to be here today. Now I did rename one of the abilities. Randall. The one of the uh, command abilities just to annoy Max, where if an enemy hits you, an ally can move their speed and you both get a free attack against the target. It's called All According to Keikaku. <laughs> so all right. So maybe we'll just say uh Deputy of the Faith. How about that? I don't. I don't like it. But we can. Yeah. We can change the shit we'll whenever we want. Later, it's fine. Yeah. Figure it out. Should be a swift action, a move action, or an attack action. You don't get it until step two. So you have like this isn't a character creation. And if it was, you would have to have step one in zealotry. I think it should be at will swift action. I think it's you a fucking swift. suck, Matt. <laughs> it's a swift daily. I think it's a daily swift. All right, let's do that then. Yeah. Because that's going to be like a... Well, it's, well it also has to do with... Um, it has to do with the, the, the way zealotry works and the fact that you need to combo off yourself to keep the chain going. If you have to break your attack action for that, that can ruin a lot of things. Like, well, that's great, but then you're almost being penalized by your own power. What if it's like um, shared... Ah, fuck. I was, I was thinking like you're removing the veil temporarily from somebody so they can see what you see. But scales for like shared eyes. madness like hellblazer or some shit shared zeal like right? zealotry yeah. shared zeal yes that works Boom. all right i got a math problem all right two-handed weapons are not good enough and i all was right. thinking well what do we do do we make it so that we're just upping the attack die like we're just upping the damage die of two-handed weapons where it's here's the problem as it stands a one-handed axe is a d10 uh-huh uh were you using a d8 <laughs> it's a d8 yeah okay well, we're changing that because right now a two-handed or one-handed mace is 2d4 let's fuck all that swords a d6 mace is a d8 and an axe is a d10 well here's the problem two-handed swords a d10 here's here's my thinking i was like what if we use d12 as our base where a two-handed sword is a d12 and then a maul is 2d6 well what's an axe then 2d8 now that's Christ. that's a lot of damage. It's not crazy. That's what remember we played Star Wars Saga Edition. That's yeah. what a lightsaber was. Yes. And a lightsaber does a lot more than an axe does. Just even mechanically. Yeah. Like in, in, in any given situation. The more I look into it, I'm like, that, that really doesn't solve the problem because damage dice aren't the issue. The issue is it doesn't represent what it takes to use two hands versus one. So what if we just double the strength for two handed weapons? You mean like okay. a strength requirement for No. Damage, strength damage. So I did the math; it works out. But I'm going to give you. The, yeah. I'm going to give you that. He the, did the math. You're going to so show your work. Fucking yeah, break it sh- down. I'm going to show my work here. So if you only add your strength damage flat, uh-huh. a one-handed axe and a two-handed sword are functionally identical. Yeah. But if you double the strength damage that you add to a two-handed weapon, 
the more strength you have, the better a two-handed weapon starts to pull away from a one-handed weapon. Makes sense. And I don't think that's overpowered. Because no. using a one-handed weapon comes with the benefit of having a hand free, and she- a wearing shield. a shield, yeah. throwing something at somebody, grappling them. Like there's, there's an enormous amount of things you can do with a free hand that you can't do with... Uh, yeah, if you're going two-handed with a sword or an axe, it's just like, all right, you I'm leaving... You put another weapon in that. Yeah, hand. yeah, I'm like... But if I'm going two-handed, it's just like, I'm really on the attack. I'm not, yeah. you know, that's that's clearly what my passion I'm is. I'm guts, goddammit. So if we do the thing where we double the strength uh, of a two-handed weapon, and you use a one-handed axe and a two-handed sword, and they're both a d10, at two strength, you average seven and a half damage with a one-handed axe, and 9.5 with a two-handed. That is a good shift. Three strength, 8.5 with one, 11.5 with two. Four strength, 9.5, see, very linear. Yeah. 13.5 with two four strength is a big sacrifice like you if you are trying to get four in your strength you've sacrificed a lot i think you should be rewarded yeah. for it i was thinking that the best representation of whether a one-handed d10 versus a two-handed d10 whether it has any balance issues would be looking at the champion's step one abilities where double strike and you can apply your strength to only one of the two attacks uh-huh or overwhelming strike where you use a two-handed weapon and you add a d6. Okay. Okay. That actually, you're correct with that being the the best litmus test. Good. <laughs> this is not a complete math workdown, and I'll explain why in a little bit. But um, if you say you do wield a one-handed axe, does a d10, or you use a two-handed axe that does a d10, with two strength, you average 13 damage for two one-handed axes and one two-handed sword. Okay. You average 13 damage with both. Add one strength. It, it changes to 14 for one-handed, 15 for two-handed. Okay. Add another strength, 15 for double one-handed, 17 for two-handed. Okay. But it's also still not totally representative because I didn't account into the fact that you're more often to hit with one of one of the two-handed weapons and not the second weapon. This idea is if you hit with both and if you hit with the two-handed weapon. Accounting for none of that math, I still feel pretty good about the breakdown of these two abilities. We don't have to adjust anything about Overwhelming Strike to get it to fall in line and be exactly as good as double strike i appreciate you doing the math yeah <laughs> uh, it's very simple math i don't want to like yeah. it's not but i mean like when you break it down and say okay two-handed this yeah, you know breaking it yeah. down is the hardest part yeah setting up the system just hearing it it makes so much more sense than it so, doesn't it doesn't sound unfair so so, so as you add strength i think to, to help the yeah. listeners and, and you guys uh I picture it the average damage if you hit with everything okay with uh two one-handed d10s is 13 14 15, 16, 17, 18. Like it just goes up linearly by one point is your average damage. With overwhelming strike, it goes up two points. I feel like that's a fair sacrifice. Yeah. Everybody on board? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even feel like a sacrifice because it's just you're just choosing to go in that direction and you're being rewarded for it. Yeah, you're sacrificing a shield and you're being rewarded with. But like you know you're doing that. So yeah. yeah. You know, or but... or even in this case when you're going dual wielding versus two hand, what you're looking for is a more consistent hit mm-hmm. and then two handed is just bursty better damage yeah that's true the interesting thing is when it crits all right do wielding two strength 22 damage on a crit mm-hmm. 20 damage with two hand okay so it's two less on a crit with three strength 23 damage on a crit for do wielding 22 so still less but only yeah. one less with two hand once you get to four strength it's 24 even Mm-hmm. And then it really starts to pull away 
for uh, for two handed when you get above that. If I picked up like a Zweihander and tried to hit someone with it, I no. use swords all the time, but I don't use those kind of swords. I also don't feel bad about the fact that dual wielding two one handed weapons when both crit, yeah, it's dealing more damage yeah. than <laughs> one two handed weapon. I think that's reasonable. Totally reasonable. A one in what's twenty times twenty? Four hundred? Yeah, one in four hundred chance. We got to get Keith a die that says crit on one and crit on twenty. Just keep him. He crit three times last session on ones. He never rolled a twenty. Yeah, yeah. He rolled a one three times. Wow. Had he not been using daggers, he would have been very upset. <laughs> Luckily, that's never happened. No one rolling ones all the time. A pool hit, I think, most times. Yes, he did. But he rolled ones for damage. Ones. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about inventory. And we, we tossed around some ideas about how it should work. The current one I'm thinking of, and let me know if maybe we should buff or nerf this, is that without suffering any kind of additional penalties, which we haven't even made up yet, I was thinking, what if you can carry two slots worth of something plus your endurance score? So if you have a one endurance, you can carry three slots. But if you carry any of them in combat, you get it. You, we need to figure out what those negatives are. What? What what is a slot like? Let's we let's so, go through and define. Good everything. question. Good question. So we we were talking about last play test that uh, one slot is what twenty get worth of diron, which is the resource used for money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and that's four hundred savoys, twelve hundred ackies. All right. That's one slot. What else would take up one slot? Like a one handed weapon. Okay. Right. So a two handed weapon would be two slots. Reasonable, right? So like get, it's hard to yeah. carry a two-handed weapon that you're not using. So you get three slots standard. No, you get two slots standard, and right. then if you have one in endurance, it's three, and then plus one for every right. point in endurance. So a side. basic character, if they're dual wielding and have no endurance, cannot carry any money. No, this is extra. This is what you carry separate from your equipped loadout. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, all so right, you have right. your loadout of what you use, and then what you can like your put pack, on your back. Yeah. Your, what you're carrying in your backpack. Yeah. All right. So your your ruck. What okay. you're rocking with, yeah. We are not murder hobos. I right. like I like the idea that one of the main stats should inform how much you can carry. Mm-hmm. But why why endurance over strength? Because it okay. I have a go bag for emergencies. So we live uh, for the listeners who are not informed. We live in Florida, and every once in a while we have to evacuate due to hurricanes. And I have a bag that's a go bag that all it is is just emergency shit. It's got camping equipment. It's got rope. It's got first aid stuff. Just and flares, you know, ways to be seen if you need help, that kind of thing. Hand crank radio. Right. It weighs uh, 60 pounds. Everybody in here can pick it up and put it on their back. But if we're talking about who can carry it for five miles, that's an endurance question. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it down before we get out the front door. Yeah. (laughs) That's why humans. I can do without it. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't the limit of your physical strength. This is what can you carry easily the, the entire day. And also, armor is already linked to endurance yes. for the same reason. Hmm, okay. I've uh, seen a lot of people wearing armor who just have had enough and need it off. Last yeah. Renaissance Fair we went to. We saw that in real time. Yeah. I fix everything they break. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Including their bones? No. Including their pride. If I can, Max if I can fix it. He's a barber oh, yeah. slash bra- blacksmith. If I could fix their bones with my hammer, I will try. <laughs> what about it's a one-handed weapon? How much? I feel like one-handed weapon should be the standard of what takes up a slot. How much in mass is that amount of coinage? We could figure it out. Uh-huh. So if we say what's a credit card worth of aluminum, uh, if it's a little, if it's like double thickness of a uh-huh. credit card, multiply that by four hundred. Okay, that's a slot. That seems reasonable and similar to a one-handed weapon. I, I think it may be. I'm not positive that it is. 
conceptually, it seems plausible. Yeah, but also in volume. If you have a 10-pound, like a weight that you pulled out of a gym and threw it at the center of your back, it'd be easy to carry it, really easy. If you made that a long pole that (laughs) you carried sideways, it would be incredibly difficult. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's not just mass. It's based on the ease of carrying the object. So one-handed weapon, I think, should be our standard. Like, is this equivalent to a one-handed weapon worth of space? And that'll affect magic users for rituals as well, right? I think so. But anybody can carry But that'll give them... I think it'll give people more things to think about for endurance as well. Well, I mean, but also, you you would have, like, a ritual bag. Because it would be, like, a vial of this, a thing of this. And that would be be a small... One slot, Yeah, it'd be a satchel of shit. But we haven't made any hard and fast rules about common shit for rituals because yeah. we kind of want them to be like a group experience. Yeah, woozier, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not thinking, saying like you have 20 lizard dicks, like that's one <laughs> slot. Like you need those for your ritual. But you could carry 20 lizard dicks. All right, like, look, everyone, you carry five, you carry five, <laughs> I'll carry five. I, that's how we're splitting yeah. it up. I, I don't have any extra slots. I can yeah. only carry three You have the dicks. highest endurance. You can't carry five more lizard dicks? Carry them in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm I'm already the one carrying the extra money. <laughs> it's like I was like, it's like, no, dude, I'm maxed out. Carry them just five lizard dicks. Like I can hold them in my hand right now. Just take them. No, do you really need do that extra that extra one handed axe? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, I'm not replacing that with five lizard dicks. <laughs> Wait, could you? you? Know the to have, man. We are going to take down an immortal with those five lizard dicks. I don't want to hold lizard dicks. Could you adorn the axe with a lizard dick? So that's making it one slot. That's a. I think that's a question like, for right, the DM. All right, tell you what. Okay, I'll put a hex on the lizard dick. You put it, you wrap it around yeah. the handle of your axe. It's going to do more damage. All right, I think I can do that. I'm yeah. going to slot it as a magical item into my axe. Yeah. For every ten lizard dicks you have, you get plus one <laughs> to your damage rolls. <laughs> plus one to intimidate. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got a name for a new just, band. <laughs> you look over the rods, just shaking their head like we are not happy. So, what are other uh, one slot items? This thing, a torch. Yeah. Yeah, torch climbing kit give you the plus five to climb checks and you could share that with others should there be free slot items should there be things that you just don't even have to think about carrying yeah i think i think it's either one slot or none yeah um, i mean well, was, or, or three yeah. slots. Like, if like, you have if you have a pocket watch you don't have to think yeah, about that i think that's like a flavor item yeah you don't have to think about that or even like lock picking tools because no yeah. usually when they show lock picking tools i'm like i've never seen anyone have a lock picking tools that need to be folded out this much it's usually just like a thing you could put in your wristband and kind of hold i have seen it look like a torturer's kit i mean if you're a if you're, travel if you're torturer's like, kit or like a full torturer's no full kit? a full which oh, is damn. still a, i mean it's still a traveler's lock well then i mean kit. if you want to get that have that much minutiae you could be like all right you can get a standard lock picking kit which doesn't weigh anything but you can only your chances of successfully picking the lock are this much but if you get the full lock pick kit which takes up a single slot your chances go up way higher yeah that's what i was thinking as like some cool free gear that we can give to people climbing kit trauma kit so climbing kit plus five to climb trauma yeah. kit plus five to medicine checks against dying and bleeding to death yeah, meaning that it would First stop aid. the loss of loss of momentum. momentum. Like, how many leeches would points. fit in a slot? <laughs> Living leeches. That's a really good question. I think fifteen. Because we are doing no, no. I think more than right? well, okay, more with, than fifteen. Well, I'm saying without blood in them, and you got to keep them alive. Because you got to be in a jar. Yeah, yeah. I think forty of them. Right. Okay. That well, should... that's but that's if you spread. I mean, what's in the jar? How big is the jar? Can we just know. have a medical kit that's just leeches? Like <laughs> a you're looking a bit peakish, man. The next design episode, we should probably come up with things that augment specific skill checks. Like climbing kit, trauma kit, that kind of thing, lock picking, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, where we, uh, it's just going to give you a blanket plus five to the check. Yeah. 
but it's a sacrifice. If you have to, if you have zero endurance and you have two slots, it's a sacrifice to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. But I think with the help of your group, you guys can figure something out. Would there be gear to help expand slots without expanding endurance? Would there be? I don't think so. I don't think it's reasonable to do that. When you say gear, if you said, "Oh, like I could hire a wagon with okay, horses," yeah, yeah like okay, 100%. I'm glad I'm saying, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you're not you're not going to put that on your back and walk through a dungeon. No, you know? you're not talking about like what what's the D and D magic bag bag of holding. Bag of there's holding a, there's holding. two. There's handy haversack and the bag of holding. I do like the idea of like you're like halfway through the dungeon and you need something, so you're like wait, and you walk back out to your wagon, get it switch it out come back <laughs> which that sounds like that's so tedious that that's, sounds amazing but that's <laughs> what you would do if you go to the scp site and you talk they do those mm-hmm. expeditions yeah. and they're like we forgot this thing hang on we're gonna go back okay we talked about what we saw not only did i go back for this they they encouraged me to take this extra thing so yeah we're gonna do that again and for two slot like things are double slot items right now i just have two handed weapons which i think calling them a slot like they're not fitting in a bag you know, no. like that, but but I think in the sense of like what you can carry, it's it's a useful analogy. Yes. Yeah. All right. And then you don't want to make fun of people for what's in their slots. Slot shaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, she has a gambling problem. It's not yeah. funny. Oh no! Yeah, I'm gonna go play the slots. <laughs> well, it's nickel slots. <laughs> My mom and grandma like would disappear for like eight hours. Like, oh, we're going to the store, but then they'd go to the casino <laughs> and just be gone. Yeah. <laughs> My dad would uh, do the same thing when he'd go get a pack of cigarettes, except he would never come back. He, maybe he's at the casino. Yeah, it's probably what it is. It's not his other family. <laughs> he's winning big to get you that birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> My first ever. It's, it's, <laughs> I knew he'd come back. I just knew it. It's 20 years late, but I mean, it's the thought yeah. that counts. Okay, guys. So let's get into some world building. All right. If you notice before you, I have spread out several printouts of clip arts of <laughs> of continents. Okay. Are these are these to scale? Listeners, yes. you might be familiar with them. They are exactly to scale. There's six. I thought I printed out Antarctica and I didn't. So we're gonna wait. Are these actually is Australia that big? Let's just pretend Australia is the largest continent. Let's, let's just pretend <laughs> it's, it's the flat Earth theory, and the border of the mat is the ring that is Australia. Antarctica. Antarctica. Sorry. Antarctica is everywhere and nowhere. So I want to move some shit around. How do you guys right. feel about that? Yeah, let's do it. There's a website that's you can put in like how much into the future yeah. how the Earth will move. Did you do that? I did. Here's the problem. Everything I've seen about estimations of, of continental drift, they show things based on their current movement. Right. And then geologists will say something like, well, yes, except for they will change direction by 90 degrees without any warning because we don't know how the fuck it really works. Right. And it's over such a long time scale, it's hard to predict. And we're talking about who knows what disasters happen. But also, know? over such a long time scale, you don't know what buildups of densities between... Yeah, they're pulling apart and one's crashing into another. But what if in the lower direction, it's made of things that are much more dense? Then it's going to shoot upward. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to predict it because you don't know what's beneath them. Right. And if humans can figure out how to fuck it up, we're going to... Yeah, so let's say fuck all those predictors. I was just curious, but sure. Yeah. It's fantasy. Except for except for the, the things that'll be fun to like play with. Mm-hmm. And let's just kind of move shit around and, and see what see what's interesting. I kind of like the idea that Antarctica is in the middle of the Atlantic. Again. Okay. Because of Pangea? Atlantis. It was originally. This bitch don't know about Pangea. Then it moved. Because <laughs> you don't watch anime, is that why? <laughs> Is that an anime thing? God damn it. <laughs> we could say it is and it's, you wouldn't know. <laughs> I know what Pangea is, but I'm saying did that come oh, from anime no. original? You don't, no. you don't know shit about Pangea. <laughs> I, I did have a, uh, a thought because I didn't know we were going to be discussing like literally 
world moving. <laughs> Doug, I have built the world. No, I see, I is, see. It is before you. Yeah, yeah. This is exciting. But the one thing I wanted to bring up. It took minutes. Yeah. To print out all this beautiful well, clip art. Because I, I had an idea. The episodes that I was listening to. Max, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you Max be- just flipped North, North and South America. And that's Switch it. Traded places. No, you should go to jail. <laughs> Wait. Tilt Australia a little bit? Just tilt a little bit. Yeah. Like clockwise. Yeah, boom. <laughs> I want to make it like diagonal. Diagonal um, Australia? Yeah. You like that? One of the I like that. that. Not only that. I almost want to make put it in Antarctica's place in that position. You guys want to do that? Yeah. Do diagonal Australia at at the South Pole, which may not be the South Pole anymore. Well, Kiwis, the, I love you, but I just want to apologize for Josh leaving you out of this. Who? Sorry about that. New Zealand, just skipping New Zealand altogether. Ki- well, Kiwis in particular. Yeah. New Zealand is not going to make it, guys. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but you guys know that. I love you too, but we, yeah. you're not making it. When I was listening to the other episodes, one of the things that we touched on that we never came back Mowry, to so was uh, moose. And how scary they are. And yeah. I was like, what is the... I could talk about this forever. No, this, I know. This should be its own podcast. Right, 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 right. What is, like, what is the D&D equivalent of like a monster that the moose can take over as a beast? Not as an intelligent thing, but just as like... When you're playing D&D, it's like, oh, you stumbled across a giant. And everyone goes, oh, no. What is the moose in this world? Like, what is it's the... A, it's a moose. I know it's a moose, but like, is this like... You mean like a, a different version of it? Yeah. Is this like the Wendigo? See, I, I, or is I this like, like, you're the, like If you're playing D&D or Pathfinder, what is the moose of that world? If you're talking about real threat to your safety, I would say an Etten, like the two-headed giant. An like owlbear? So no, I we feel just like owlbear is a little different. I don't know what an owlbear really is. I know. I know. If you put those two words together, I'm sure you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but like... I know that, but he's I the know size it, of a bear. So don't. <laughs> yeah, I know what it it's looks like. That. It's not. A, it's not a tiny oh, bear. <laughs> but I don't know what it does. It's not a tiny but, nocturnal bear. But who is that? Why isn't it? Yeah, because I would love one. <laughs> a little Just bear. a tiny little nocturnal bear. That's teddy bears it, whose head could spin all the way around. Oh. I don't need that. Part. Uh, that would scary. Instead of like, oh, it's just a giant humanoid. You're going, and it's a giant fucking moose, and not like on all four hooves, but just like the centaur. It can be moose a moose. It can be just giant it antlers. I, I think like, and I was like, oh, that sounds so North American Canadian. Like that would no, never. No, but no, I know. No. But then when you bring out this map, and you're like, dude, it's all fair game. And I'm like, oh shit, that moose could be everywhere now. All of the uh, the oh, Nordic s- countries have moose. Sweden's and not making it. So if, if you study if you study rifle <laughs> no, calibers, no. Sweden is making it. Norway is not. Whoa. So Finland is making it. Everybody Definitely. agrees. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's the most metal it. country ever. Norway would kick Sweden's ass. Swedish listeners, I'm sorry. I know <laughs> Max speak. is a bigot, but he has other <laughs> valuable uh, skills, and that's the My only reason My father's family here. is from Denmark, so okay. I feel like I should make fun of Swedish people. You just had to make that clear. It just seems right. <laughs> Why? So, What's the logic? I'm pretty sure people in Denmark don't like people in Sweden and vice versa. I don't think people okay. in Denmark like people from Denmark. So there's moose there. There's also a, um Irish elk. Oh my that god! Went extinct. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, oh I've shit. seen them. No, yeah, yeah, the one at the Natural yeah. History Museum with the huge, Dumb, huge antlers. Big. Yeah, the Natural History Museum in Dublin has a full skeleton of one. I've seen it, and it's insane. They actually died because Ireland didn't have trees, and then the trees started to grow, and they couldn't move because their antler span was like six feet. Is ridiculous. And they just were stuck. Man, like a big thing that feels like a forest guardian with antlers. If it's like an animal instead of like in The Witcher, like the Leshen, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? But if it's an animal where you're like, you just don't go near that forest, man. Yeah, yeah. That This forest warden guards it. So I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody once said on a podcast that one third of all Canadian wolf death 
is from being kicked by moose. I think we said that in our podcast. It's probably us. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 in that if case, it was I said believe it. First in our podcast, that means I made it up and it's true. <laughs> oh wait, Doug was talking about centaurs. Moose body. Wait, what? Wolf. No, 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 no. He no. was talking about minotaur. none of that. I thought you said centaur, and it maybe me I misspoke, but I meant minotaur. Okay, because moose body with like a wolverine Moose-a-tar. or wolf, wolf front end would be pretty badass too. So I know, I know we started with world building, but I kind of want to get into. I mean, creature? I know we started. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we got well, this kind is of part on the of world building because because when you shift when yeah. you shift biomes around, weird shit happens. A big thing about the appeal and the mystique of Dungeons and Dragons is the acknowledgement of the mythological weight of dragons. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's in the name. What are the dragons of our world? Turtles are a good one. I like that. What Turtles about- have a lot of history and fantasy of being like... Uh- you look at the difference between like a leatherback turtle versus an alligator snapping turtle. Like right. There's a, there is some yeah. variety. Yeah. But what if it's not just one thing, but several? So, like, let's leave off the Tarasque. Like, let's not deal with, like, the no, ultimate. It's, uh, the Godzilla character. Wiverms or worms? Well, well all right. Oh, <laughs> so, even, just get to the difference. Let's, let's say we have three mythic dragon-style things. Mm-hmm. Let's do a mammal, a reptile, and a bird. Okay. So, reptile. If it's bird, I want to use Thunderbirds, because they're fucking awesome. Oh, the rocks? The, uh, well, the, more of the mythological... Thunderbirds. Right. Let's make is that it, what they call let's a rock? Make, yeah, let's make similar it. enough. Okay. So the the Thunderbird is the Native American. The rock is, I think, the Western. What about European. a grizzly bear with a tortoise? It's show. also a paint thinner you can pick up at ABC. <laughs> I think you'll really enjoy the taste, Thunderbird. So turtles are the reptiles. So these are the the aggro, like aggressive monsters. No, we're talking the dragon. In so you're like, oh, don't go out there. There be dragons. Right. Go for tortoises. So you're saying don't then? go out there because there'll be tortoises. Well, I'm thinking turtles. Yeah, reptiles. I'm thinking you could create a version of an intelligent alligator snapping turtle that's like, oh, here's the dragon that you have to bargain with. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. Sure. Who's, Almost like never-ending story. That's who's, what I'm saying. Like giant turtle, yeah, three yeah, yeah. stories tall and crushes ships. Yeah. And, th- and like that's all well and cool. It's just that turtles have... When you ask a normal person what's their name, something about a turtle, one of the first things you're going to say is that they're slow. A tortoise, not a turtle. So if we're sure. talking about a, a sea environment. Okay, sure, sure, sure. More, yeah. more of a sea-based uh, thing. As sure. a Floridian, though, gopher tortoises are fast as hell. Tortoises, man, you could easily make them terrifying yeah. if we're talking about a water-based environment. Well, and also, they could come in, in a variety. 
as as an ancestral foe for the Hrod and the Savathians. If you treat it like, okay, if a a giant turtle from the ocean that's like alligator snapping turtle is like the Slovathian version of the Tarask. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That it just, it doesn't matter what happens. How do you fight it? You don't. Yeah. yeah. If you stumble across one that's asleep inside its shell, you just move the fuck on. Or or if one's You don't even know it's a shell. Dude. Oh, man. If you found like... If like one had died and the shell is left over, you can put like you you camp in there for the night. That that's no, already no. that's a city. That's yeah. that's yeah. a city that, that happens. Okay, well we got that one. Yeah. And you were saying mammal and one bird? mammal, one bird. Um, mammal, moose, drag moose. Um, I, maybe not. Like maybe not for the, the main thing. Here's yeah. the problem: is that it's hard to imagine a mammal getting very large. Yes, larger than a moose. It's hard to imagine. A whale is a mammal. Yeah, but it has to exist in the ocean. What about a giant sloth? No. Wait, I kind of like that. <laughs> the giant sloth? No. Okay, so when we're talking about the dragons to Dungeons and Dragons being the main mythological thing, does this necessarily mean if we're going with a turtle that's basically like a Tarrasque for that stuff, are we talking about a giant sloth that's also a flesh-eating sloth that's just like this mean... It's like a monster also, that, you, that must be also, defeated. Bears hibernate. Now, I know we, we tried to shy away from the bear discussion when we were talking about races. Maybe that's something that hibernates? And comes yeah. out. The thing you have to remember about the Bears dragons, are in caves. the dragons about Dungeons and Dragons is they're not only the main antagonist, but there's a whole section of them that are friendly and just power. They're just sure. powerful. There's metallic sure. versus chromatic, and these are good versus evil. These are just like the apex creatures things. of this world. Yes. Okay, they're demigods practically. So, yeah. so if you go Functionally, yeah. turtle. Okay, sure, I can yeah. get behind that. Bear, I can, toe. I can dig that. Like, because if they're in cave, it's, it's similar like to a mammal, dragon. Mammal is a, is a is a bum rap. I, I no, feel like no mammals, mammals. Not, yeah. You could construct a mammal that is the size of a human that is scarier than any dragon, <laughs> like because of, of our perception of yeah. mammals, mm-hmm. because of the reptilian nature of turtles. You kind of want them to be bigger and scarier. Bird, however, like a bird that blackens the sun, like yeah. that is. A terrifying yeah, image. Yeah, like the one that Popeye fought. Well, the one that Popeye punched once yeah. <laughs> and turned into a giant cooked turkey. Yeah. Yes. And that was a rock. That was not a Thunderbird. Oh, you're just pulling out that Harry Potter shit again, aren't you? No, Thunderbirds are fucking awesome, man. Are you talking about the American Harry Potter shit? Yeah. I, I did that, dude. I got the I have the most boring fucking results on that. I had Thunderbird yeah. and Gryffindor. No, but, but I mean, like, even in the Fantastic Beast movie, that he was transporting that giant bird. Yeah, but I'm thinking more of the American God style, like, Thunderbird, not... Oh, oh is, this a so is this is this like closer? Just so I'm under, getting a clear picture, man. We're talking, are we talking closer to vulture or you're thinking of to animal? Like, I'm we thinking are, we more are thinking of a godlike yeah. creature, right? So then, but not what a is fantastic. This, this beast. is a bird so large. That I get your, it. I get that the whole town did you ever read? is in black. I, I get the size. I'm just talking about like when I look at it. If if I were transported to this magical world, clearly it's a giant fuck all bird. But what is the closest thing that I could compare it to? If I have to come back as an eyewitness and say you won't believe what I saw, it's a giant bird. What type of bird? Well, if I had to compare, it would be all of the clouds in the sky. Did you not ask? in size? Just like if I look at it, like did you ever read the Iron Giant, the book? No. There's a dragon. Yeah. In the Iron Giant, that is horrifyingly large. He said like his tongue would roll out of its mouth and it would crush city streets. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, I want to prove that I'm stronger than you. And the Iron Giant is as big as he is in, in the movies, but the movie is very different from the book. Right. And he says, we'll have a test of strength. And he's like, you're crazy. I could crush you with a literally a blink of my eye. And he goes, no, I mean, like, of your ability to endure. And he says, I want you to use your dragon's fire on me until I'm white hot. And he does it. What could I use to test my resistance to fire? He says, the sun. And he does it. And it like blackens the earth 
and burns the dragon and the iron giant wins but like the idea of the sheer size of this intelligent creature i feel like a bird can fill that sure i get the size what does it look like so i can reference like do you know how different a dragon bill do you know how do you know the, how sh- the different shoe, the shoe bill shoe bill store? No, I'm saying. Do you know how different a <laughs> dragon looks from like a Komodo dragon or sure. any real reptile? Yeah. That different. Okay, but you could describe it. it's like okay, it's kind of got the body of a snake. It's got the mouth of a Komodo dragon. It's got the claws of whatever. The secretary bird is uh, is pretty cool. It's like a yeah. very stark white and black, and it comes across as very intelligent. What's the most intelligent bird? A raven. That's boring. Something stately. What and about then the gliders? Like given the oceanic sandhill crane. Well, give it, giant woodpecker. Give it. Would, the, oh god! Holy shit! Give it, it pecks the mountains down. It drills the earth. <laughs> give it the plumage of something stately, and then just give it the wings of a condor. A red throat. Like the wings of an albatross or something. That's. Just I like, love an like. That's what I'm talking about. Like the birds that are just gliding for 20 yeah, miles. Yeah, that's its. Yeah. Got to be its wings. As soon as you get into the face of all those mm-hmm. birds, they're. Eh. What's the eagle that eats monkeys? The har- harpy eagle? Yes. You know those, what I'm talking about? Yeah, those are... Yeah, so let's say it's it's like a dun color, like the dull brown with white markings, mm-hmm. but it's so big and evil looking. So, okay, so we've got a giant bird. So that's a that's a dragon. Uh, Equivalent, yes. sure, yeah. Sir, what yeah, is yeah. the land dragon? we got a sea dragon, an air dragon. What is the land dragon? Well, like a crate dragon from Star Wars is a good... That's mm-hmm. a good reference point, I think. Um, but it's also a reptile. Hmm. Big ass horse. <laughs> That's what a moose is, Max. <laughs> or like a buffalo. <laughs> Just a giant millipede? Oh. oh. That wins. Like yeah. <laughs> a giant millipede. Even though a centipede's a little bit scarier. I disagree. Well, I mean, you mean practically. Pra- in real life, I think a centipede's scarier than a millipede. I think there of- are more centipedes that have poison mm-hmm. and they got the weird venom venom you're right not the venom but the what do you Clippers. call the, the mandibles yeah. yeah so like a giant millipede is scary yeah so why don't you just mix the snake. two or a worm snake's good but it's a little typical what about a worm worm Ugh. is good too but it's just kind of featureless you know what if it's like like a round worm or a flat worm like a planarian worm it's got like an arrow shaped head or like a leech we're talking leeches yeah or. But they're still just really blobby. Yeah, but if you, if you, if but you, not if they're intelligent. If like you take that's... the scariness of a millipede and a centipede and match that shit together and make it big enough that it's like like a freight train moving across the countryside. Let me let me throw something in here. A planarian worm. Uh, the reason why they're important, that swamp thing pointed out to me, <laughs> is that they had a planarian worm. Uh, they had a maze, and eventually the planarian worm figured out the maze. They killed the planarian worm, cut it up. Fed it to younger planarian worms, and they immediately knew how to go through the maze. What the fuck? So what if it's a giant planarian worm who has all the knowledge of everything it's ever eaten? This sounds like, oh, fuck, what is the D&D the creature? <laughs> the thing, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. it sounds like that one D&D creature. Oh, I can't, it's on the tip of my brain. There's a purple worm. But would, like... No, 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 it's not a worm. It's It's, um... It's the one creature that it's not not the beholder, but it's like another another iconic mind creature. Flare? Not Abolith? the mind flare. It made the Abolith, I think. Yeah, where it's like every child that it has has the exact same memories. Yes, yeah. As uh, Abolith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're that's... thinking of a duck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Common. <laughs> hey, a, hey, you know what? Mallard, you yeah. take. We're talking about the giant bird. <laughs> Only giant, the males. If there was a chicken that big, I would shit a brick. It's like it'd be, it'd be terrifying. There, what was the question? There it's will like, be a giant chicken. Fight? Would you rather fight? So like a duck-sized horse or yes. a horse-sized duck? <laughs> it's, it's funny because they missed the boat on goose. Yeah, or a oh. swan even. Yeah. Oh god. My whole life, a horse-sized growing up in New Jersey, would be I would rather fight a hundred swan-sized horses than one horse-sized yes. swan. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want to just just Google for our listeners, Google image search goose mouth and you will be like no never That's why queen elizabeth owns all the swans you'll be putting a list for that by the way because <laughs> they are they're elite fighting force people think it's just like a cute thing but that's why the that's why ever, they feel comfortable giving the knighthood to a bunch of bards yeah if she ever needs to call on those swans they'll uh yeah they'll fuck you up they'll handle so we get this giant worm creature maybe the reason why we're hesitant on millipede centipede is because of the tiktani like there's already kind of like smart bug people yeah but yeah. i feel like bugs are still they still exist there would be a, a thing there are mammals that exist. They're a problem. Yeah, like, we're all mammals, and we have other. No, nope, like there's we're not all mammals. There's billions. I'm not a mammal, motherfucker. Yeah, but like the, the good characters are mammals. And, right. Okay. Yeah. No, fair. All right. <sighs> now, uh, I like Asmontrod, but I was thinking it knows everything it's eaten, right? Yeah. Well, it has yeah, the knowledge of everything. the knowledge of everything. I like to think that that is like a like a magic supply. You know, people are hunting this thing because take a scoop out of it, and you can. But the risk. Yeah, the risk is insane. Like, the risk yeah. is it spawns in your gut and pops out like the xenomorph. I feel like, like if, if we just came up with that, that is the most dangerous of all outcomes. Yeah. Let's okay. Let's push that further then. Okay. No, so. no, no. I, I, th- I feel like nailed it. You know. What if it's like Jaws? If you piss it off, its kids will come after you. So there's only one worm. There's only there's <laughs> only damn. Max. I hate that you made me remember those fucking sequels. Yeah. So there's only one I mean, great two, three, worm, and, and four. maybe some smaller ones. Like there's one that's the size of a freight train. I feel like it'd be bigger than the freight train almost. It's like Slither IO, the game online. Or like the Jormungand. You know, like it's it's huge. Let's get back to our continental drift here. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, so North and South America have swapped places. Yeah. Because, <laughs> man, fuck the world. Australia has tilted and taken Antarctica's spot at the bottom of the world because it's a sphere. Sorry, Flat Earthers. Hey, this is fantasy, right? It can be a sphere. God damn it. Let's take... Nobody knows where Africa is, but it, but it exists. It's out there somewhere. It's the rumored dark continent. But so Antarctica is where Africa was. No, I think Antarctica is in the center of the Atlantic. And Eurasia rotates 90 degrees and is the size of the two of them combined. Of? Of uh, Eurasia and Africa. Okay. Wait, what? If it's the size of the two of them combined, does that the mean that Afri- Africa it is, is grown. Merged? It is grown in size. It's the size of Asia and Africa. Yes. Okay. But Africa's missing. Yeah. Okay. People have heard tales of a continent that right. nobody knows about. I don't want to spend too much time on this, and I'm right. going to explain why. Wait, wait. Max, what are you doing? Max just moved South America. Where the position of North America and South America, but he kept the, the poles the same. Yeah. I want to reverse the pole of North America now that it's in the Southern Hemisphere. Oh, it's upside down. So Mexico is America's hat. Ooh. So Ecuador is ass to ass with Tierra del Fuego? Yeah. In okay. fact, Chile Chile just goes yeah, in like there. Yeah, like, because I figured if it was like foam cutouts floating in a tub of water, yes. like, you know, oh, America, North America swinging out that way, and it snaps and it spins, it's going into a barrel roll, and then it just ends up. It presses zero or twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Ecuador and Tierra del Fuego are now tunnel buddies yeah so, we're gonna have to build a whole new panama canal <laughs> <laughs> i worked on that thing for all over years. again best years of my life spent working on that thing <laughs> <laughs> so many a man died but <laughs> i <laughs> trust a man ain't lost a body part of war all right so eurasia is now 
its own supercontinent. I mean, uh-huh. it was before, but like now it's 90 degrees rotated. Now, now it's twice the size of Pluto. <laughs> right. Antarctica is in the middle of the Atlantic. Everything has shifted northward slightly. Can I see Eurasia real quick? You can see my Asia. Yeah, right there. And Australia is at the South Pole. I think we should and so we we have, take an Instagram photo of this shit. And we it have, won't make any goddamn and we have sense. Secretly, no, that's uh, what I want. We have secretly decided where Africa is, but you don't get to know. So that's interesting. I like the layout of that. And now that we've decided on that, it's canon. Fuck all that. Canon, right? Take a picture? Take a picture. So now that we have a canonical position for these places, uh-huh. which one are we campaigning in right now? All right. Let's just randomly pick east or west. Okay, so we've got six continents because we combine Europe and Asia into Eurasia. Yeah. Roll D6. Okay. Five. So it's going to go clockwise. Yeah, we have five. One, two, three, four, five. And this is kind of really one and one. All right. If it's Africa is a six, and if we have a six, we'll re-roll. Nothing against Africa. Roll die. Three. We are in Asia. Eurasia. My Asia. Our Asia. To even call it that now doesn't even matter because it's so far from where it was and it's so different. Like, it's like, it's just magic land now. So this is the biggest continent by yeah. far. Yeah. In our it's a super, almost like a, it's like a super continent. What's it called? Asia. <laughs> Who lives there? Fuck no, you. with a Z. <laughs> everyone, 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 everyone we know lives there. Everyone we know in our I'm campaign just saying, lives are there. all ra- all all races are there. All how about? Yeah, well, I think uh, we'll call it Salton. S A L T O N. All right, that's a nonsense sure. word I came up with. It sounds like a real world. Throw Salton. a couple apostrophes in there. Couple you and the fucking apostrophes. Hey, this is fantasy, man. It's a rule. I like double letters. You yeah, like apostrophes. You, you throw apostrophes and double letters. Throw an umra in there. We'll be fucking umlaut. An umra, which is the two dots. That's an umlaut. Umlaut. That's yeah. an umlaut. Umrah. I I don't know. I think you can combine. Maybe that's the fantasy version. I think I think I think, um, think Umrah is the brother of Mumra from. I was gonna say. I think you can what's the uh, What's the the squiggly over uh, a teal day? An Enya? A schwa? It's called an Enya. No, it's a teal day. If an N has one over there, then it's called an Enya. Who can say? Oh. Where like Nina? Okay, we're Home in rice. Salton, which is almost like the Salton Sea, which is, has its own fucking story. We're in Salton. Tell us about it. I want to, I want to talk Start about the Salton Sea. No. So we're in the Salton Sea. We have borders drawn yes. on this clip art. Let's ignore them entirely. Let's come up with a country, and we'll decide like what coast it's near. So what's a country name? Fries? Sure. Like Greece, but with an F? Yes. R? F-R? Freeze? Yes. Okay, got it. We're in the country of Freeze. <laughs> like France and Greece. All right. Mixed together. Yeah. We've already come up with everything else. We had the, the city of Nafar, mm-hmm. the two uh, regions of Gravor and other stuff. Where is it? What coast is it on? Do you want to do Middle East? I was going to say. Yeah, no, like right there. would be great. We could do that. I mean, that's the cradle of humanity, but what... So let's assume. But it's so different now. Who the fuck knows? Exactly. You know, That's what I'm saying. Like, like I almost want to go. Okay, so here's here's, oh, the, here's wait the, wait here's wait wait, really, wait. Hold on. What's around the coast of India on this? This, side? Also, this, is, this is, is what you're e- really asking. Is that what, you're, is, what you're asking is, are you on the coast with the sea that faces what is now what Antarctica is now, or yes. is it on the opposite coast? Who knows what the fuck is on that side? Right. 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 So there's like the danger you know versus the one you don't. Unless so I would say a hidden cotton over there. So we're in the bay. Of Bengal. How about that? Where Burma or Myanmar, depending on, I don't want to offend anybody, and Thailand are. All right. And, and yeah. Cambodia. Like that kind of thing. You want to be in that area? Sure. sure. And if it's kind of like got the climate of Greece today, sure. Yeah. Mediterranean? Yeah. Yeah. Like a Mediterranean uh, coastline. Okay. So we're in that area. And do we have a country name? 
So we have two territories in this country. We have Tulane, where the city of Nafar is, and Gravor, which borders Tulane. I don't think those are countries. I think those are like city-states. Okay. So what's like the region known as? It's the continent of Salton. Salton. Yes. Country of Freeze. Yes. We're in Tulane in Freeze. Yes. So now we are in Gravor in the playtest. But we came from Tulane. We came from the city of Nafar in Tulane of Freeze and the Salton continent. Yes. I think we're done. Yep. Does that work for everybody? Works for me. Freeze right. we can... We can yeah. fix later if we feel like it, but... Well, that's literally all of this. We can fix any of this later. No, Doug. Canon is canon. <laughs> <laughs> Disney. So, yeah. Okay, so Burma... Oh, sorry, Myanmar. Thailand. <laughs> Cambodia. We're in that area. Oh. And that whole... We'll say that's a peninsula still, a million years from now. We're in this peninsula. It's a peninsula of Freeze. Maybe it's a little thicker. It's pretty thick. But now it's thicker. Well, I mean, if... So, if, right, so if, right now... If Eurasia got bigger, it wouldn't swell in size it would things would recede from it just so we're aware the peninsula that we're talking about the size of it is about the size of alaska okay oh, wow okay so that's big enough to be a country for sure like, Definitely. okay so there the, are several countries on it yeah exactly which is inland i think tulane is more inland let's say gravor because it's untamed wilderness with a bunch of competing tribes butts up against the ocean with sheer cliffs okay does that work yeah Okay, all right. I feel pretty good about that, guys. I also think that spears should be a D12 instead of a D10. Okay. But you cannot attack adjacent targets with them. Oh, that becomes a real weird thing to do. You can drop it. You can drop a spear and pull out something else when somebody's adjacent. It's true. But I feel like being able to attack adjacent targets with a spear provokes a really weird mental image. Yes, if you're using it two-handed. Like, not a short spear or whatever, but, like, even, yeah. even the idea, why would you pick a short spear over a hundred other options, you know? Maybe, like, I could imagine if you used a javelin, mm-hmm. you could stab people who are adjacent like magical, and throw it. Magical, like a returning mm-hmm. spear or something like that. Or, like, Goku's power pole. Yeah. That has a, but it has, it's a spear at the same time. So you're talking about, like, a like a Greek phalanx kind of sphere. Like the hoplite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with the spear, yeah. So they're attacking right in front of them. That's not on the table, though. I th- I think it is. I think the, the Greek hoplite, they had shields, but they didn't use them when they're using their long spears. No. Yeah. And then when people got in close, they drew like a sword and they fought with a shield. I thought they still used their spears. Or their up shields close? with their spears. Let me check. Not up close. They would draw their swords, but they did not. Yeah, they had their shields out. You needed that. Yeah. So, so what um, the hoplite did is they held a shield with a spear and they would shorten the, they would grab it by the middle if they mm. were in front and the people behind them would grab it by the long, long end, end and stab through it. So that's cool, but man. So here's the two options. I can reduce the damage a spear does uh-huh. to D10 and then reduce it further if you're adjacent. Adjacent, yes. That's okay. Like let's say it's a D10 and then a D6, and you could still use something in your other hand. Or we can make it a D12. And you can't. And you just you have to use some, some other option. I think those are two different weapons. That is, that's like, uh, not but necessarily in reality, But in reality, they're not. Like in, in the hop, if we're talking explicitly about the hoplites, yeah. nobody else. I say we split them up. You get your high risk, high reward, don't get in my face, spear wielder. But that's more like... Uh, what do we say? Like, is there a word? Maybe polearm is the word we'll use? Yes. So you get a polearm. You could choose whether or not it's a spear, an axe, or a hammer. Uh-huh. Like a pick. Yeah. It's all reach to. You can't attack people who are close to you. 
Yeah. Yeah, because if you have a bill hook or whatever, you're not exactly trying to get the person in front of you. I like that. Okay, that well, let's stick. Well. I don't want to use the. I I honestly think this is a stupid bias that has nothing to do with gameplay. I think halberds and pole axes are fucking awesome, uh-huh. but in no way better than a spear. <laughs> like it functionally, I think you're almost always better off with a spear, unless you're talking about something with a utility like your uh, yeah. bill hook, like a bill hook. The, the back to corbet, trying to pull someone off a horse. Yeah, but those were farming implements that peasants just had on hand, or to pull forward shields. Yeah, yeah. So let's deal with the intricacies of those later. Let's offer, we'll just say pole arm and mm-hmm. not, nothing else. You could say it's a spear. You could say it's whatever. It does a D12 of whatever damage type you prefer. Piercing, cutting, bashing. Uh-huh. You figure it out. It's up to you. I feel like that's fair. Does it gain the bonuses of? Of each. Of each? Done. Sold. Yeah. But you, spear, have, to, you have to pick one. Spear quit crits on, on ones and zeros. Yep. But does the ones same amount 20s. of Ones and 20s. But does the same amount of damage as everything else? Yes. <sighs> But don't let them get close to you. Yeah, if you if you get past the spear, yeah, they have to figure some shit out. Yeah, which to be fair, like I said, if you're in reality, even if the hoplites, one of them uses it as an up close weapon, and the other one grasps it further behind and uses it as a range weapon. If the guy in front of you dies, or just somebody runs past the guy in front of you, yeah. and you're holding it at length, you got to figure something that's, else out immediately. Mm-hmm. That's not the thing that's going on. My thing is we purposely made the piercing damage one have the least die roll. The sword, the medium, and then we scaled the die roll to the advantages. Mm-hmm. This one, we are flatting that. Hmm. So maybe just keep it to whatever the Piercing two-handed with, is? So, so I don't D- think that would matter for a lot of them. So D10, D12, 2D6? Piercing, critting on one and zero, and having the same weapon die, that's really good. All right, well then let's make it the same as whatever it was for the two-handed version adjacent. Yes. So the non-reach version. So it was a, a D10, D12, 2D6. Yeah, that works. Okay. Salt. Spear is D10. Is there is there a two-handed piercing option? Spear. That is one distance away? Greatsword. Is piercing. It is both. It's flat D10 for chopping mm-hmm. and piercing. Okay, but does it crit on ones and get the bonus, or do you have to choose you one? You have to pick. You have to, you have to say, until otherwise specified, I'm using it as this way. Okay, all right. Does the chopping bonus, if you switch the way you use it, no. can it apply to the next one? All right. No. Then I think it works. Yes. Okay. The piercing form of that is still probably better. I don't know. Here's you my... gain. One of them is minus 5% to hit, but you do max damage on 5% of those hits it, with so a the, large die. The 5% is not representative because depending on the dodge of the enemy, uh-huh. it could be anywhere from 3% to 25% of a difference between a plus two would add. Here's what makes chopping really good. You hit once, you get a plus one. Yes. You hit again, you do a plus two. On your next turn, you're like, I'm going to do a chopping attack, but I'm going to do my daily because I have this yeah. plus two. You don't have that option. With but piercing. you always have a 5% guaranteed chance to hit, and that guaranteed chance to hit does more damage with a larger die. Yes, but it is more of a gamble to try to count on a crit than it is to say, I have this extra plus two. True. I, I feel like they... And that works, and that other. works with the dailies, but just just standard. One of them is superior. It's up to you what you use it for. The chopping gives you the choice that piercing does not. Piercing is like I generally have a chance to do something really cool. Chopping is like I can now plan to do things yes. with an extra bonus. Max and Liam 
are the only people who use that kind of bonus. Liam gets it through his hands ability, yeah. which is identical to chopping. Max gets it through his axe. We've only done two play sets. It seems that through two sessions that we've done, the benefit that you've gotten from using hands, you would not give up for that extra chance to crit. Maybe. Well, you could change. You could switch to a wand. It's no. The only the only thing is the die is so much smaller. What do you mean the die is smaller? that it's the amount of difference that I can roll on mm-hmm. is smaller. So then crits are less effective. Okay. The larger die that you have, the better a crit is. That's true, but that is more the case for melee weapons than it is for anybody. That, and that's what I'm saying. We now well, have hey, a larger die option that has the same amount as the chop. We wouldn't have done that with the dagger and the D10 max. If you use a one-handed sword, uh-huh. you get a D6 versus a D4. Yes. But the benefit of a dagger is that if you crit, you bypass armor, uh-huh. which is late game might be a Bad. better deal. Yes. Yeah. So, you know what? Let's play with it. What we decided is that spear is D10, poleaxe is D12, and what's the like long pick? What would you call it? You know what I'm talking about? Like a hook, a bell hook, or no, 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 a, ba- a bashing weapon that is a reach weapon, which I've seen pictures of. Like, yeah. you know what I'm oh, talking about? Yeah. It's like a warhammer, but it's longer, and the the head is smaller. I can, yeah, I can see it in my head, but yeah, yeah. you guys know what I'm talking but, about. But yeah, the whole butt is reinforced. Cause it's about the we'll find the a name swing. for it. The yeah. moment we look it up, we'll find it. But that is 2d6, and now you can do them at range, but adjacent, you have to drop that weapon. Things are happening too fast for you to use it up close. Yeah, that's why Hoplites had that. Yeah, had a sword as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a sword on their draw side, too, yeah. which is really cool. So I feel good about our discussion today. I feel like we've got a map of the world. We're going to use Freeze. We're going to fuck that continent up before it ever sees the light of day, before we ever have a map of anything. And I cannot wait to draw a map. And then just start erasing countries. Because, man, we've all got our biases. Goodbye, uh, Estonia. Sweden. Yeah, goodbye, hey, Estonia. Hey, hey, I like <laughs> Estonia. I think Max has already revealed his bias about Sweden. So You know why, really? It's the Dutch. You've expressed that several times, and we'll get rid of uh, we'll get rid of the Netherlands. I mean, it'll... Well, lowlands, they would just naturally be on the bottom of the ocean. The dikes will fail eventually. That so... little Dutch boy won't be... But Tibet comes back. <laughs> and it's be... called Tibet. And it's called Tibet. It's just like, still what? Tibet. <laughs> Same people, they're like, yeah, shit got just, crazy. It's, just straight, up, it's just straight up monks Tr- still. Shit was crazy for a while, but we, we evened out after, yeah. after a million years. Uh, so... <laughs> We reincarnate. It was easy to keep going. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, if you like talking about this kind of crap and getting really into it and, in turn, trying to influence us in how this is going to turn out and what's going to make it into our first player's guide, please tell your friends. Please get involved. Let them know about what we're doing here, that this is a a collaborative effort between us and everybody listening, and we're all trying to build a game that we all want to play. There's some bullshit you hate about D&D or Pathfinder that you don't want to have in this game. You need to let us know. Or if there's some stuff you like that you feel doesn't get enough attention. Yeah. So again, as always, guys, you can find us and communicate with us directly on patreon.com slash rpgfs. You can find us on Twitter at Homebrew Ombres, not Homebrew Ombre. On Instagram.com slash RPG from scratch, but that's all one word. And you can find us at Facebook.com slash RPGFS. All right, guys, we love you. Until next time, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.